Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Steve continues his vacation with the fam, so we will continue our best of week on News Radio 1070. WKOK and Sean Carey. We're in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors Ford Lincoln Hyundai, the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the strip routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can always get in contact with us. Our email is Steve Jones, one word, Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, our Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU, and we also invite you to subscribe to our Steve Jones Show podcast. It is available on both the Apple Podcast app and iTunes, Google Play too. Search Steve Jones Show, and when you subscribe after the news news shows air here on WKOK, uh, we drop them right to your smartphone and tablet. And you can also go back in time and access three months' worth of shows. We've got them on the podcast archive page at stevejonesshow.com. So we replayed yesterday one of the top interviews we've had in the show. Uh, we started podcasting uh, back in the spring of 2017, posting them on iTunes and Google Play. And last year, without a doubt, by a landslide, uh, the most downloaded show was the first appearance on this show by former Penn State football equipment manager Spider Caldwell. And we replayed that yesterday. We also had Spider on back in late September of last year. It was prior to the uh, Generations of Greatness game. That was the game against Indiana at Beaver Stadium when Penn State uh, wore the throwback jerseys and the white pants. Well, Spider played a pivotal role as to how that throwback jersey came together, so we will replay that interview with Spider Caldwell coming up in the next half hour. We're also going to go back in time to the spring to the 2018 Penn State Blue-White game. Steve Jones, Jack Ham on the Penn State Sports Network had a chance to talk with former Penn State star and Super Bowl champion from the Philadelphia Eagles, Steph Wisniewski, as well as former Nittany Lions quarterback and current analyst on NFL Network, Emron. Michael Robinson, and yeah, that guy who really has a close spitting image to head coach James Franklin, talented actor and writer Keegan Michael Key, who was the honorary coach at the Blue White game back in April. So we'll hear for all, from all three of them uh, in just a little bit. And then we'll get into some college basketball next hour. Sean Morris and Stephen Bardo, both basketball analysts from Big Ten Network, will be on the show. Uh, Sean Morris had a chance to speak with Steve when he was in State College in late May for the annual Coaches versus Cancer golf outing with Penn State basketball. Well, yesterday, it's that rare day, the one day out of the year, when there's no sports, no games. That's why the ESPYs were on last night. And one of the big moments every year on the ESPYs, when we find out who heads to the stage and accepts the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance, the pride and joy of Western PA, the captain of the K-Gun, former Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly, who has been uh, fighting for his life. Now second time around, cancer has come back. Uh, uh, There have been several procedures done on his jaw. It has affected his voice, but he really uh, gave a, a touching speech to uh, those in person and those watching last night at the ESPYs in Los Angeles. Well, 
It is never easy watching video about my, about my son. So many times I dream and continue to dream about my son Hunter and what he's meant in my life. They will never stop. And then when I look up here and I see Dan and I see John, I just reflect back on some of the things we've been through and some of the things we went through and all the good times, our golf tournaments that, you know, we had so much fun. Dan, you and I battling uh, year after year, twice a year. And John, on behalf of the class of 1983, the five other quarterbacks, thank you for winning two Super Bowls for us. We appreciate that, especially me and Dan. When I look back um, in my life, I've always lived by the four F's. The one I had, but I've changed it, was fun. Even though I still have fun, I put the one in there that means more to me now than it ever has, and that's my faith. My faith in the good Lord that he has plans. He has plans for my life. Through my son, Hunter, we will make a difference. My family, wow, I don't know what I can say. My daughter, Erin, every single time she walks into the hospital, not one time did she ever have a frown on her face. It was always, Daddy, you look so good. You are so cute. And she gave me a hug. My daughter, Cameron, so many times she would hug me and I didn't want to leave her go. Even today, when she hugs me, I don't want to leave her go. And my wife, Jill, you are my heart. You are my soul. You are my everything. I love you, Jill. My brothers, I have five brothers, Pat, Ed, Ray, Danny, and Kevin. They've been through everything with me, the good times, the bad times. The Super Bowls, we had fun. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my five brothers. I love you guys. My Bills family, um, from the Wilson family to Terry and Kim Pagula, our new owners, to the wackadoodle buddies of mine, Bruce, Thurman, uh, Andre, Daryl, Biscuit, Wills, Tasker, all you guys, every single day, they continue to have group text messaging. It drives me crazy, because they always put me in it. But keep doing it, it makes me laugh. It puts smiles on my faces. My Hunter's Hope family, there are 60 families right now in Buffalo, New York, that their kids have the same disease as my son has. They are trying to make a difference. I just want to let them know that I will be home tomorrow, me and my family, to go with you and to be able to go out there and make a difference. My friends out there, my high school football coach, who is the reason I have a gold jacket, is the reason I turned professional, is the reason I'm still sitting here, Terry Henry. I love you, coach. And I know I got some people out here today in the audience, Peter John, Tommy, David Kern, my best friend, my assistant for 20 years, Trisha, thank you all for being here. So many buddies back home, I wouldn't be here. And finally, the fans. I came up with a saying, make a difference today for someone who is fighting for their tomorrow. When I look across 
this arena, and when I talk to people and I look up here, you don't need to be a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers, to make the difference out there. Every single person in this room can be a difference maker. You can be just a normal person who gets up every morning and goes to work, but you can be a difference maker. Put a smile on those faces. My kids, my friends, when they came in to see me, not once did they ever have a frown on their face. So I just urge anybody out there, if you have somebody out there suffering, it doesn't have to be cancer. It could be somebody you're not having a good day. It could be your mom, your dad. It could be your grandparents. What you say to them and the smile that you have on your face, that can be the difference in them making it the next day. Remember that. Always, always persevere. Like Jimmy B said, never, ever give up. And to my Bills fans back home, I love you. And to everybody here tonight and to the Jimmy B Foundation, Thank you for honoring me and humbling me with this award. I love you all. God bless and may the good Lord continue to bless you. Thank you. Jim Kelly last night at the SBs receiving his Jimmy V Award for Perseverance. We'll take a quick break and then we'll head back to the Penn State Blue-White game in 2018 and hear from Steph Wisniewski of the Eagles, Michael Robinson, and Keegan Michael Key as we give you a best of Steve Jones show on WKOK, driven by Sunbury Motors. Best of the Steve Jones Show on WKOK with Sean. Steve back from vacation on Monday. We're with you till 5. Then we'll have the late day news roundup. Mark Lawrence will have that for you. Then tonight, CBS Sports Radio after 7. And then we'll dive back into baseball tomorrow night with the Philadelphia Phillies as they start a three-game weekend series with the San Diego Padres on deck time tomorrow night, 6.30. First pitch, 7.05. That's your home for Phillies baseball, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Deal was complete last night with Manny Machado, a five player to one deal. Manny going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And who's coming into Philadelphia after the San Diego series? That's right, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Not only does that mean Manny Machado heading to Philadelphia, but not in a Philadelphia jersey, but it also means Chase Utley. Ten years after winning the World Series championship with the Fightins, he'll be back in Philadelphia. And hopefully, Manny Machado will hear those several, and there will be several, standing ovations for Chase when the Dodgers and Phillies go after it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday afternoon of next week. Of course, all those games here on 1070 AM. One game we had on back in the spring was the 2018 Blue-White game at Beaver Stadium. Steve Jones, Jack Ham had a chance to talk to three illustrious Penn State alumni, including current Super Bowl champion of the Philadelphia Eagles, Steph Wisniewski. Stefan Wisniewski's on the sideline. He had a great moment in Minneapolis. It was called winning the Super Bowl. Congratulations, Steph. Thanks, guys. Uh, young offensive lineman, for example, you've got a guy uh, like Michael Mennett, who's a, who's out here getting. He's been working with the first group. What were some of the? What was part of the learning curve of being an offensive lineman trying to get used to playing on this level? Well, the the biggest difference, obviously, high school to college is everyone you block is very big, very strong, very fast. In high school, you can really get away with kind of having some sloppy technique and just being bigger and stronger than everybody. But you get to this level and you really got to develop your technique, your footwork, your pass set, 
you got to learn as a pass blocker not to lean or guys will just throw you on your face and go around you. Um, playing with better leverage, too, I think. You can get away with playing high in, in high school. Um, those are just some of the basics. And then, obviously, mentally, you know, there's a big adjustment. High school offenses are very simple. And then you're going to move to college and have a lot more to learn. Did it take to set in for you mentally after every stop along the way that you're a Super Bowl champion? You know, it it kind of hits you in waves. Um, I think the parade was kind of one of the bigger moments where it's like, oh my gosh, like there's five million people out here on the street screaming for us because because we won. Um, and that was, I mean, that was one of the most fun days of my life. The parade, just kind of soaking it in, but just doing different events and being announced as Super Bowl champion. It's like, oh my gosh, that that's me. Like I'm, I'm a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, really, really blessed. Had an amazing year. Um, just grateful for for being able to be a part of such a great team and uh, and really just had a blast with it. Steph, what was going through your mind on that last drive when Brady had the football? Well. <laughs> They had it on their own eight with about a minute left, and I'm a math guy. I'm like, all right, we got like a 90% some chance of winning here, but, you know, it's Tom Brady, so maybe those numbers change if he's got the ball. And, um, man, when, you know, he chucks up a Hail Mary from the 50, just thinking, please hit the ground, please hit the ground, please hit the ground. It feels like that ball's up there forever, right, and gets hit, like tipped around, knocked around. You're like, is it down, is it down, is it down? And you finally see it on the ground, like look at the double zeros on the clock, like look back at the ball, look back at the clock and then you just look around and like wait it, it, it's over it, it's real we, we really won the super bowl and it was it was an unbelievable experience running around with the confetti and getting the trophy and got to lead the team prayer after the game which was an amazing experience and just a lot of a lot of really cool moments well you know those philadelphia fans are going to expect you to repeat you know that. <laughs> hey you know what we uh we got a lot of guys back and and we'll be certainly given all we got to, to try to do it again i'm excited um Probably most most optimism I've had heading into a season in a long time, just knowing the team that we have and knowing what we're capable of. So, Stefan Wisniewski of the Philadelphia Eagles. Opportunity to talk with him, obviously, on Saturday. But we also had an opportunity on Saturday to talk with uh, uh, with Michael Robinson, NFL Network. What's up, guys? What's going down, man? What y'all doing up there? It's about time, Michael. Jeez. Great to hear from you. Great to hear from you guys, too, man. As you know, I'm a big fan of both of you guys. You guys do an amazing job. I've learned a lot, especially Steve. You're one of my professors. You taught me everything I know. Don't put that on your resume, okay? <laughs> Michael, you look at the just the pure athletes. We talk about the draft coming up with the guys that were just honored here. You've taken a long look at those guys. What does that tell you about the talent? talent that's been able to be amassed here at Penn State. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, what Coach Franklin has been able to do, especially the situation he walked into, um, to be able to get the, the caliber of athletes he's brought to our institution, I mean, it's just amazing. And then uh, then when you when you talk to these guys, I've had a, a great opportunity to, to, to have conversations with a lot of the guys, and they're great people. Um, and, and to me, that's what the tradition here is all about. And that's what kind of uh, connects all the generations is that we recruit, we bring in great people um, with great personalities. And to me, that that's the biggest thing of all. Well, Michael, how would you have loved to have run this type of offense when you were here? Man, don't get me, do not get me started. Uh, I probably would have made two more million dollars up front. You know, I would probably would have been drafted in the late first or second, not the fourth. But, um, 
Um, <laughs> other than that. Other than that, uh, yeah, you know, it's all good. Uh, look, this offense is amazing. Um, it's built for the movement type of a quarterback. I thought, I think Trace McSorley, he's done a great job with his motion. He's improved in that uh, this offseason. And it's just all about getting better every day. And, and, and uh, he can't, it seems like he came out on that first drive with the thought to get better, and he did. Michael, uh, it was interesting. I was talking to Jordan Hill, and he said they went, went to his first meeting with the Seattle Seahawks, and he walked in there. This be a 4 o'clock meeting. He was there at 345. The second guy that walked in was you. <laughs> so what does that tell you about how you were taught at Penn State about the little things that end up being big things? Well, you, I mean, Steve, uh, you, Jack, you guys already know. Coach Paterno, I mean, you take care of the little things and the big things take care of themselves. And something like showing up to a meeting early is the little things. And the big things is that the coaches pay attention that you're there early. You get something extra out of being there early. And you, you know, make a name for yourself and create a career in the National Football League. So that's the little things, taking care of the little things and the big things taking care of themselves. That's something that every athlete, uh, no matter who coached them, seems to get uh, when they come out of this football program. You're special. Always have been. Always will be. You're doing great work at the NFL Network. Thanks so much for everything, Michael. Thank you, guys. Love you guys, man. We've heard from Michael Robinson from NFL Network and Stefan Wisniewski from the Philadelphia Eagles. We also had a chance to talk to Keegan Michael Key. Okay, well, now we're, gonna, <laughs> we're going to go to the head coach of today's game, Keegan-Michael Key. It is great to have you back home at Penn State. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Steve, right, no. Steve Jones, Jack Ham, talking with the coach-in-waiting, Keegan-Michael Key. <laughs> the coach-in-waiting. Steve Jones, nice to meet you. Jack Ham, uh, an honor, an honor, an absolute honor. <laughs> well, I saw you bring that team out at the beginning of the second half. <laughs> And I'm falling out of my chair over here. I'm telling you, you have them all down. You have it down. I do. I do. It's my new. It's my new lease on life. This guy's giving me a new. I think I have a new partner. I think we're going to call the new partnership uh, 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 Key and Franklin. Oh, we can go Franklin and Key if he wants to go first. It's fine with me. I don't. It's okay. I think we're Franklin and Key. Should, if, if you're on this campus, it's going to have to be in that order. I think I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well made. Good point. Good point. Uh, well, yeah. uh, what is it? What is it taken for you to just take those little nuances and turn? It into something that's fun. I, I, you know, part of it is what I learned here at Penn State. When I went to dialect class and accent class, you learn how to um, emulate different regionalisms. And and he, you know, uh, James is from the great here from the great state of Pennsylvania. And there are certain vowel changes and 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 syntactical things that he does that I've been able to pick up from my actual training, which was really really helpful. <laughs> how much fun has this experience been for you? This has been this is a bucket list experience for me here. This is fantastic. I mean, I've been here before, but never in this capacity. And it really, it really means a lot to me. The the, the atmosphere is as amazing as it's all as it always is. It's as amazing now as it was when I was at school here. It's just, it's just top notch. This has got to be this is a top ten experience of my life. It really is. I have to, I have to ask you about the Times Square thing. Yes. About about, about Georgia State and then putting in the tuba player and so forth. Yeah. How long did it take to come up with something like that, or did you do it on the fly? I, I kind of did it. I, I did it about I'd say about fifteen minutes earlier. Um, <laughs> So I was. So does that count as on the fly? It's yes, actually it does. that's on a takeoff. It's not on the fly. It's kind of at the takeoff. Yeah. So, so so I kind of thought the, the I, it's something that actually occurred to me in my mind probably earlier in my life. It's like it's, I always used to watch people do stuff like this when there was a blowout. Right. And you go, is there a 
sixth string? <laughs> sixth string players? And if so, who is that? Just the, is it just the English department? Maybe it's just the English department. And so, uh, so, oh, so I think it, it kind of just came back to me during uh, during that. And then and then the day afterwards, Coach, uh, after the Iowa oh. game, which was amazing, right? Right, right. Coach texts me, and he goes, I'm over here getting just a ton of bad texts from people. I don't, people, I don't know what's going on. These people oh. thought I was you. And I'm like, hey, listen, oh. some folks. Oh. True story. True story. I was sitting in the restaurant that morning, and he comes over and sits down next to me. James, he says, look at all the tweets I got. They think it's me. See, he says, Steve, you've got to tell them I'm in Iowa. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty good, but I can't be in two places at once. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. That's exactly right. It was really something else. So, so a testament, I guess, I, it was really sweet of him to say that. I'm like, I feel bad for you, James, but a testament to my talents. <laughs> or at least my training from Penn State, you know. Oh, my goodness. Okay, what's the best play you've called today? Uh, the best play I called today would have been um, 63, Razorback Twins. Yeah. And then I called Then I called another play, which is called Pie, yeah. 48 Blueberry Twips, yeah. T-W-I-P-S, Twips. Yeah. That's when you have trips, but they're all cross-hatching past each other, and then they yeah. stop, and, and then the, and then the <laughs> middle, the X receiver, the X receiver stops, does a number from the Thriller video, Michael Jackson, yeah. just show distraction, and the other guys, uh, right. there's one guy on a slant, another guy on a jet. So, that, yeah. that explains the moonwalk on that play. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> hey, absolute pleasure for us to have you on. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. Everyone is thrilled to have you back here. You an absolute credit to this place in every way, shape, and form. My pleasure, Steve and Jack. Thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, take care. Hopefully we get to do it many more times. Right. We hope so, too. Thanks so much. All right, gentlemen. Take care. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, on the strip routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Steve back with us on Monday. Sean here with you in the Sunbury Motors studio. And late September of last year, it was the Generations of Greatness game at Beaver Stadium. That was the game Penn State took on Indiana, and they had the throwback uniforms on. Well, of course, when you talk about Penn State football and uniforms and equipment, you think of the guy who was right there for three-plus decades, Brad Spider Caldwell. Generations of Greatness. That's what they're calling it. That's what the uniform is going to be called. And a lot of input from former equipment manager Spider Caldwell. Spider, welcome back. It's always great to hear you. Uh, it's, been, it's great, buddy. It's, 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 it's been a fun week. It, it really has. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, 
you know, you know, just rem- reminiscing a lot, and, and that's kind of what this weekend I think was all about. Uh, you know, bring back some memories, and I just can't wait till I can't wait till the fans kind of you know see us running out of the tunnel, and I, I think there's going to be. You know, just you know, everybody relates. You know, a lot of times people relate back to the '60s and '70s, and and this gonna, I'm just gonna give you a feel for that. I think when you see the team, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's interesting because it also means a lot of work for the equipment staff. Now they practice; <laughs> they have practice helmets and they have game helmets. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So they've already changed out the face mask on the game helmets. They don't have to do on the practice helmets, obviously. But one thing right. they do have to do is they have to put the decals, the numerical decals, on each side of the helmets. When you had to do that in 2012, when they put Michael Motti's 42 on one side of the helmet, how long did that take you? <laughs> well, you know, it was, it's funny because uh, that decision was made like a Tuesday after practice. Uh, the team captains with the coach O'Brien and asked him if we could do something like that for you know honoring Mike and his injury and and uh, coach thought it was a great idea and, and wanted to do something so he came to me well obviously you can't get the numbers in two days to get those numbers I, I actually went to our sign shop on campus and they were able to make the 42s for me but they didn't make they only made so many and the material they used was very thin so I was so worried about you you put one on the helmet and if it was crooked you try to peel it off it would rip and we didn't have that many to waste so I said I, I can't have my students do this and I was just worried about them you know, messing them up. So I decided to do it myself. So I, I spent five hours Friday night before that game, the Wisconsin game, uh, putting those on. So it's only on one side. So obviously, you know, these guys are putting them on two sides. But uh, you know, it, it takes it takes a lot of time. It really does. Uh, but what was his reaction when he walked in? Well, when Mike walked in, I mean, I was it was a special moment. I mean, he they had him come off the the team bus first, and Zordich had his arm around him. And they brought him in, and I had all the helmets sitting on the benches with the 42, uh, you know, being out. And uh, he walked in, and Mike, he, he glanced, and he saw, you know, you could just see it was really a neat shot of the helmets all down along the bench with 42s, you know, uh, you know out, out front. And he, he just, he dropped his head, and he literally sprinted. Now, remember, he, he, Zordich had his arm around him. He literally breaks off from Zordich and sprints to the shower, and basically he was in there tearing up, and uh, yeah. he couldn't believe it. And... So he comes back out, and uh, you know, the, after he got his composure, and he's walking over, and he's looking at the the, the helmets, and as the players are coming in now, giving him five, giving him hugs. So he walks over towards the equipment room, and I said, I looked at him, I said, "Hey, you better appreciate this, you son of a gun." I spent five hours here last night putting him on. So <laughs> he laughed, gave me a big hug, and uh, it was it was a special moment for him. And that just tells you the kind of character that he was, and the kind of leader he was to. Uh, you know, for the team to want to do that and for us to do, I mean, I mean, in our history, I mean, we've never done anything like that pretty much. And uh, we honored a player back in 1985, yes. uh, and, and, and one of our walk-on players that we had a player that was killed here, uh, killed in, in uh, over Easter yeah. break. Yeah, Gene Lyons. Back. Yeah, Gene, Gene Lyons, Lyons, correct. Yeah, yeah, and we put an 85 on the back of our helmets, in, and it was 1985 actually when that happened. So, and we we honored him that year. So, uh, the. There, the fans get, of course, a little squirrely about a couple things. Okay. You're going to play a night game at Kinnick Stadium. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, playing 11 a.m. at Northwestern. Like, oh, okay. another killer. That's uh, what it is. Yeah. It's always like, okay. <laughs> now it's they're wearing white shoes. <laughs> now, I know, if, if I, you're, if you're yeah. going to ask the players – what feature of the uniform they love the most, it is, by a wide margin, the white shoes. 
So, well, you know, so what is yeah, the story? What is the story behind the fact that in that Sugar Bowl game they wore not everybody? So this is again, there's a lot of mythology yeah. that goes on here. Not everybody wore them, but why did uh, the the majority of the players wear white shoes in that game? Well, I'm, I'm actually not sure exactly the decision to go as to why they were white, but I do know, you know, we, we you know, always were playing on. AstroTurf and AstroTurf back then was was awful. I mean, it was like playing on your indoor outdoor carpeting on your your grandmother's back porch, uh, and it was you know hard whatnot. And and I know Adidas, uh, being the actual championship game, they gave us free shoes to, to use to play that game, and they were white. And again, I'm not sure. I think it's just because that's what they sent. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, and you're probably right. And I, I know they, and, and some guys, I don't think they felt right in them, or they just they didn't, feel, you know, they were brand new. So some guys wore the black because of you know the feel for, you know, having. Some guys were real funny about their shoes. They like them broke in. They right. almost have fallen off themselves. So again, and, and majority of the starters did have the white ones, and I know they they wore them whatnot. But uh, for that indoor, I think we lost Spider there for a second. So what we'll do is we'll call him back and get him back on the line quickly here. We'll take care of that in a moment. What happened, though, is that, again, not every player wore them in the game. That's, again, part of the mythology of sports, as they think every Penn State player wore white shoes in that that game. Did not, but the vast majority did. And they were looking for a shoe uh, from Adidas to play on turf. It was as simple as that. They actually were more like uh, sneakers, basketball shoes, weren't they, Spider? Yeah, they were. They were. They were actually uh, like a flat bottom basketball sneaker. Correct. Yeah. So. Yep. So they wear that, but after the game, Joe made a vow. He did. Uh, Joe actually made a vow. He said, uh, <laughs> "He said, uh, you know, as long as, as, long as I'm here, we're, you know, we'll never wear black shoes again, or never wear white shoes again." So, because uh, but Joe, because Joe was very superstitious. I mean, if you'd ask yeah, Joe, are you superstitious? He'd say no. No. But but uh, he, you know, the, the, obviously the, uh, the the pant legs rolled up and uh, and whatnot. So uh, he 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 was he was very superstitious, and uh, he used to always like to have a. Uh, I always used to give him. Um, Two hot dogs with mustard before every away game, but he only ever won. Right. So, goodness, superstitious. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. you and I know that. <laughs> we, we, we do know. Yes, we do. Now, what part of the uniform that is subtle that maybe people don't notice that really intrigued you when it, when it was put forward? Well, a, c- a couple of subtle things. I mean, I know you know the uh, you, you you won't really see it from the distance and whatnot, but that you know the the lion uh, in the middle where we right now we have the actual lion head yeah. on the V of our collar. They now have a they have the lion shrine, you know, in honor of the nineteen forty team that donated the the lion shrine, right. uh, the class. I'm sorry, the class of four in nineteen forty that donated the lion shrine. So the lion shrine is in the middle there on the on the on the, on the V. Um, you know, and it, you'll notice in, in the, the white trim on the sleeve. Uh, now, they did not put the white trim on the collar, and I think it was more of a, you know, we still want to be retro. You know, we want to go with, you know, the combination of the retro look. So they just did kind of half the trim, you know. So instead of putting the trim on the sleeve and collar, they just put it on the, the sleeve. But, again, we had that on our sleeve as well from probably 19, uh, the, you know, mid, I think it was um, 1950. Uh, seven to you know mid nineteen sixties. Next sixty six, I think we had the, uh, the the small uh, on on the sleeve as well. But uh, but uh, it's funny, you know, some of these changes 
happen through the years. It kind of, it kind of is, are, I don't say accidents, but sometimes they're, you know, you can blame two or three of them on the equipment managers. I mean, they just kind of happen. It's not like there's this big meeting of, of you know, the, the president and the AD and all that stuff decide. Sometimes they just kind of happen. Like, we wanted to pick a black. And we, right. one of the main reasons for picking black was that the uniform faded. Uh, the, the, the dyes ran right. and the black pants became a light, almost a navy, and the pink ran out of the, the white jersey and then the jersey became white. So the, Student body change decided they liked the look of it and went with the blue white. So you can bring that on the equipment manager's fault, <laughs> right. and also the blue face mask. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I, you can probably blame that on myself, not on me. I actually, um, you know, we had gray face masks up till 1987, and in 1986 and 85, the face mask in that era, you know, during the Michael Singletary days, you know, when the Chicago Bears and the '85 Bears, they had these big fat face masks. The gray ones were were a charcoal gray. They were real, almost black. Mm-hmm. So in '87, they went to the thin wire face masks for the first time. Yeah. Well, the thin wire face mask in gray was very light. It was almost a white. And you'll notice that the face masks are very light because, and that's what they still are, kind of a lighter gray. So anyway, I I I was assistant at the time. I had mentioned to Tim Shope, the head equipment manager, that boy, Shope, we're so used to these these thick, you know, these uh, heavy, dark face masks, why don't we just go to Navy? And he said, yeah, uh, that might look better. So we, then we matched the stripe. So we put Navy on, never asked anybody. <laughs> we just phased it in. So sometimes, uh, you know, so hopefully uh, we'll get fired for that. But uh, uh, <laughs> so that's kind of how that happened, that this transition. So that's sometimes how it happens. It's just it's funny. Now, this isn't your area, but at the same time, it's all also part of the era, going to the Argyle yeah. end zone, which you've had a good look yeah. at it from your office. Yeah, it's 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 it's. I just they didn't have the the blue diamonds on yet. They did had the white ones there earlier in the week, and they just put the blue ones on just now. It's really neat. It's very sharp, and uh, it, it's going to be. It just it does. It gives you goosebumps. Kind of thinking of the, you know, the 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 the, the, you know, the late sixties, early seventies. You you see the guys running out of the tunnel. When I when I first put the uniform together. Um, you know, back in, you know, because actually Coach O'Brien had, had looked at doing something like this as well, and I, we had suggested it, and, and uh, but he, he just kind of, kind of backed off from it, and Coach Franklin really took it to the next level, and, and, you know, I showed him the uniform as soon as he got here, and he was very, you know, he thought it'd be neat, but he didn't want to do it right away either, so he, he waited for a couple more years, obviously, and we're doing it now, but he, he, uh, you know, you, you just, when, when you put the uniform together, when you even when I showed him for the first time, it just, you just feel like you're seeing, it just reminds you of Franco Harris, you know, and, yeah. and Cappy, you know, they just, they, they just, they gives you that retro feel. And, uh, uh, you know, when they run out of the tunnel with that end zone, it's going to be a neat, uh, it's really going to be a neat look. Is there anything in retrospect, okay, you're done, that you thought of later and said, um, yeah, probably could have included that too? Yeah, I thought the white, tr- the, you know, the white collar initially, okay. I mean, I, I know yeah. it was one of the things I thought um, would have been, uh, you know, that we we missed because that, that's from that was from 1980. Yeah, it uh, was till till 2011. And see, we took we took the trim off in 2011 because that was our 2011 was our 125th anniversary of right. Penn State football. Right. So we had decided as a, the marketing the people had decided and Guido had decided let's take that off, and and that's when we changed the end zone to the block Penn State, right? Too to go to go more retro. So that pretty much was just for that year. Now, technically, we probably could have went back to the white and trims, but we just stayed away with it, and you know, and, and whatnot, and, and and stayed with what we had. So, 
uh, it, it's funny. And then the very next year, we had the the Big Ten logo was mandated by Big Ten to put on. Right. Excuse me. So we put that on. The year after that, we decided, well, Big Ten's branding themselves. Let's brand ourselves and put the lion head in the middle on ours. So we put the small lion head in the, on the V at the end of the collar. So just, you know, you can just see how kind of things morphed morph the way they do you know, with, 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 over the years. Have you, been, have, have you been surprised over the years, Spider, with how particular the fans are about the uniform? Oh, it, it's and that's the thing. When when Coach O'Brien first came in and, you know, he was wanting, you know, hey, you know, you know he wanted to, you know, the, maybe to bling it up a little bit too and, and you know, he was he was looking to throw the guys a bone because of what happened and yeah. you know, he was just trying to make it as user-friendly as he could here and I'm like, well, you know, he was taking to do some stuff and you know we, we he even had me make up a blue helmet with a white face mask and i'm like well as soon as you saw it, you're like oh my that's just, uh, no way that didn't even look like penn state so <laughs> it was it, so anyway we just it, it's he he got i mean it, it didn't take him long to realize you know oh boy it i said coach you gotta take baby steps here with the uniform it is it is a uh very sacred to a lot of people and it, it it's uh it's something that's um you know, really looked upon as you know, you know, it's very iconic and it's us. I mean, and and I and I think you know, I always said something that I remember you know being behind Coach Returner one time when a reporter asked him, you know, when when Oregon was doing all their stuff and Maryland was doing their crazy <laughs> stuff, I, I, you know, reporter said, Coach, why don't you guys get into that here at Penn State? And he says, You noticed, didn't you? Yeah. You noticed our uniforms. Why do we need to? That's our. That's who we are. That's our brand. You know. So, and it is. It's kind of you know. It's one of them. I think we're one of a fair few teams that are you know just historically iconic in the country and you recognize who it is when you turn the TV on right away, you know. Well, it's interesting. Any little change over the years. I remember in 1980 when they put the white around the home and the blue around the road uniforms. What have, yes. what, what have they done? Yes. I, well, you know. Uh, and then, and of course, when Nike, because Nike's the supplier of all this, put yeah. the swoosh on, oh, it, oh. You know, it is their stuff, you know. I, well, and it's funny. Nike was smart because their marketing people, you know, jerseys always had logos on them. They're just were down where you would tuck them in. Right. Russell, Champion, all of them. Well, Nike was just smart and, and moved it up to where you could see it more visible. And I remember, I remember Keith Jackson, you know, Keith Jackson, the famous announcer, did a lot of the Midwest games. Keith Jackson, the minute that was put on in 1993 for the first time, the swoosh, I remember Keith saying, well, you know, who'd ever dream? You know, they were talking about they were talking about corporate sponsorships and right. and how it's gone with the bowl games. And I remember Keith Jackson and said, "Boy, you know, talking about sponsorship and stuff. Who'd ever dream you'd see that? He called it the check instead of the swoosh. Yeah. Who'd ever dream you'd see the check on a Penn State uniform? That's like putting a mustache on the Mona Lisa." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's yeah. interesting about that is that Joe, when he redid when uh, they redid his contract with Nike. Mm-hmm. He wanted to help out as many people as possible, and at the time, the club hockey team, mm-hmm. you know, it was a club hockey team. So yeah, Joe, in exactly. the contract, got them club yeah. hockey, ice hockey uniforms from Nike. That's true, and That's true. other teams in the cl- in the clubs, Arizona State people like that, were thoroughly jealous because Pet State's going around with these Nike jerseys, and they're like, "Oh, they're picking up stuff that from the scrap heap down at the uh, consignment shop." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny too. Just think back to the the trim on the sleeve and the, and the collar. That's another technically equipment manager uh, mistake or, or whatever you want to say. But back in nineteen eighty, committing a lot of mistakes here today. <laughs> I know. Well, it, it another. We'll call it an accident. Okay. Yeah. In nineteen eighty, we went to Russell Jerseys, 
and they wanted to. Russell was having trouble matching the blue that the, 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 on the collar and the blue of uh, the mesh body of the jersey were two different blues, and they couldn't get it to match. So they just asked, "Hey, could we go ahead and just do the opposite? Can we make that white, and then on the blue ones we'll make it, or the white ones we'll make it blue? Right. We're having trouble matching the material." So we just uh, uh, Tim Schoep, the head of guy, equipment manager at the time, just said, "Yeah, go ahead. That, that should be fine." When he gets he gets the jerseys in, he's like. Oh no! It, it really changes the look of the jersey. I'm, I'm dead. I'm going to be. So he goes to Joe. <laughs> Joe, you know, I, I, Nike I, Russell screwed up and sent these with the trim. <laughs> so Russell screwed up. So yeah. Russell screwed up and sent us with the the trim. Uh, the, 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 you know, they put white on the blue jersey. So Joe looks at it and says, "You know," and it was only about a quarter inch wide. He said, "Ah, eh, it's not that bad." You know, the the, the players been want me to to uh, bling it up a little bit anyway and 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 and, and get, get make the jersey fancier so we'll leave it and we're going to surprise them and we'll tell them that the first game we'll, we'll we'll have an unveiling and we'll show them that so so sure enough the players are rumored going around oh the jerseys are changed they have different jerseys they're all fired up they're all excited you know so and I forget the first home game that, that year so they have it all set up you know yeah, the, the jerseys hanging locker Colgate or something like that that's it, yeah, yeah. The player, so, yeah okay so the players walk in the locker room they're all excited thinking they're going to see their jersey here's this little wee skinny quarter inch white trim <laughs> on the sleeve and on this court and they're like that's it. How dare it is. How dare and they were just, Well, they, you never noticed it because back then in those days, you know, they, the guys took their arms and they tied them up and they, you know, they put tape on their guns and to show their guns. <laughs> so they would roll them up and you'd never see them. And then the neck rolls back then, if you remember, the neck rolls were like oh, big giant horse collars. I know. So you never saw that little skinny white trim on those jerseys. You probably didn't notice it for four or five years right. that we actually had white trim on a jersey. So it just kind of morphed. And then, and then as the jersey changed in, in companies, you know, after Russell, we were champion. After that, we went to Nike. The, the construction of the jersey changed with the, the trims, and they, they became wire just by construction. So right. again, that that made it more visible then. Back when you know when you, you started noticing the trim, but um, anyway. Yeah. So um, well, Joe used to hold up the bowl patch. Now you have to wear the bowl patch. Now you have yes, choice. You Right. Yes, you're mandated to wear it. But he'd hold up. You says, Do you want this to facing our uniform? And the whole team vote no. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, we we had never. It was the first. The first game was 1999. The Alamo Bowl. Yeah. We played A and M. We had a. It was the first mandated uh, uh, yeah. time when we had to. Uh, there was a, they put a fine actually in your contract if you do not wear the uh, yeah. because of corporate sponsorship thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could go on for hours, but I also know you're yeah. busy, and there's something on the. I can hear Bob White lurking in the background, ah, and ready right. to scream at you at the top Crapping of the things to get back yes, to work. So I'll let you yeah. get back to work. Yeah, well, it's great talking to you, Steve. And uh, again, I hope uh, everybody enjoys uh, enjoys the weekend, and it's going to be a fun, supposed to be a nice day, and it's going to be a, a fun fun day when you watch those guys run out of the tunnel. It's going to bring back some good memories. Always a pleasure hearing your voice at the other end. Thanks, Spider. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Steve. (laughs) The always outstanding Brad Spider Caldwell, longtime Penn State football equipment manager. Best of Steve Jones Show week continues. We'll dive into some college basketball after four with Sean Morris and Stephen Bardo. They're here after CBS News on WKOK. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.